This is John W. Whitehead, author of Battlefield America, The War on the American People, bringing you a message about the state of our nation. I've been asked a lot lately, what's happening in the country? What have we been reduced to? Well, my answer is this, a violent mob, a nation on the brink of martial law, a populace under house arrest, a techno-corporate state wielding its power to mobilize huge sections of the country, and a constitution in tatters. We are imploding on multiple fronts all at once. This is what happens when ego, greed, and power are allowed to take precedence over liberty, equality, and justice. Just to be clear, however, this is not a revolution. This is a ticking time bomb. This is absolutely no excuse for the violence that took place at the Capitol on January 6, 2021. Yet no matter which way you look at it, the fallout from this attempted coup can make this worrisome state of affairs even worse. First, you've got the president, who has been accused of inciting a riot and now faces a second impeachment and a scandal that could permanently mar his legacy. While the impeachment process itself is a political beast, the question of whether President Trump incited his followers to a riot is one that has even the best legal experts debating. At a minimum, Trump's actions and words, unstatesmanlike and reckless by any standards, over the course of his presidency and on January 6th, helped cause a simmering pot to boil over. Second, there were the so-called patriots who took to the streets because the jailer of their choice didn't get chosen to knock heads for another four years. Those stop the still protesters have deluded themselves or been deluded into believing that they were standing for freedom when they stormed the Capitol. However, all they really did was give the deep state and its corporate partners a chance to pull back the curtain and reveal how little freedom we really have. There's nothing that can be said to justify the actions of those who, armed with metal pipes, chemical irritants, stun guns, and other types of weapons, assaulted and stampeded those in their path. There are limits to what can be done in the so-called name of liberty. And this level of violence, no matter who wills it or what brand of politics or zealotry motivate them, cross the line. Third, you've got the tech giants who meted out their own version of social justice by way of digital tyranny and corporate censorship. Yet there can be no freedom of speech if social media giants can muzzle whomever they want, whenever they want, or whatever pretext they want in the absence of any real due process, review, or appeal. As Edward Snowden warned, whether it was warranted or not, the social media ban on President Trump signaled a turning point in the battle for control over digital speech. And that's exactly what is playing out as users, including those who have no ties to the Capitol riots, begin to experience lockouts, suspensions, and even deletions of their social media accounts. Remember, the First Amendment is a steam valve. It allows people to peacefully air their viewpoints, vent frustrations, debate and disagree, and generally work through the problems of self-governance. Without that safety mechanism in place, self-censorship increases, discontent festers, foment brews, and violence becomes the default response for resolving disputes, whether with the government or each other. At a minimum, we need more robust, protections in place to protect digital expression and a formalized process for challenging digital censorship. Unfortunately, 
Digital censorship is just the beginning. Once you start using social media scores coupled with surveillance capitalism to determine who is worthy enough to be part of society, anything goes. In China, which has been traveling this road for many years now, millions of individuals and businesses blacklisted as unworthy based on social media credit scores that grade them based on whether they are good citizens have been banned from accessing financial markets, buying real estate, or traveling by air or train. Fourth, you've got the police, who normally exceed the constitutional limits restraining them from brutality, surveillance, and other excesses. Only this time, despite intelligence indicating that some of the rioters were planning for mayhem, police were outnumbered and ill-prepared to deal with the incursion. Investigations underway suggest that some police may even have colluded with the rioters. All that was missing on January 6th was a declaration of martial law. Which brings us to the fifth point, martial law. Given that the nation has been dancing around the fringes of martial law with each national crisis, it won't take much more to push the country over the edge to a declaration and a military lockdown. The rumblings of armed protesters at all 50 state capitals and in Washington, D.C. will only serve to heighten tensions, double down the government's military response, and light a match to a powder keg state of affairs. So, folks, where do we go from here? That all these events are coming to a head around Martin Luther King Jr. Day is telling. More than 50 years after King was assassinated, America has become a ticking time bomb of racial unrest and injustice, police, militarization, surveillance, government corruption, and ineptitude, the blowback from a battlefield mindset and endless wars abroad, and a growing economic inequality between the haves and the have-nots. Making matters worse, Modern America has compounded the evils of racism, militarism, and materialism with ignorance, intolerance, and fear. Callousness, cruelty, meanness, immorality, ignorance, hatred, intolerance, and injustice have become hallmarks of our modern age, magnified by an echo chamber of nasty tweets and government-sanctioned brutality. This casual cruelty is made possible by a growing polarization within the populace that emphasizes what divides us, race, religion, economic status, sexuality, ancestry, politics, and so on and so on, rather than what unites us. We're all human. This is what writer Anna Quinlan refers to as, and I'm quoting here, the politics of exclusion, what might be thought of as a cult of otherness. It divides the country as surely as the Mason-Dixon line once did, and it makes for mean-spirited and punitive politics and social policy, unquote. Folks, this is more than meanness, however. This is the psychopathic mindset adopted by the architects of the deep state, and it applies equally whether you're talking about Democrats or Republicans. As an academic study into pathocracy concluded, and again I'm quoting, tyranny does not flourish because perpetuators are helpless and ignorant of their actions. It flourishes because they actively identify with those who promote vicious acts as virtuous, unquote. People don't simply line up and salute. It's through one's own personal identification with a given leader, party, or social order that they become agents of good or evil. To this end, we the people have become we the police state. By failing to actively take a stand for good, we become agents of evil. It's not the person in charge who is solely to blame for the carnage. It's the populace that looks away from injustice, that empowers the totalitarian regime, 
that welcomes the building blocks of tyranny. This realization hit me full force a few years ago. I had stopped into a bookstore and was struck by all the books on Hitler everywhere I turned. Yet, had there been no Hitler, there still would have been a Nazi regime. There would have been the gas chambers and concentration camps and a holocaust. Hitler wasn't the architect of the holocaust. He was merely the figurehead. Same goes for the American police state. Had there been no Trump or Obama or Bush, there still would have been a police state. There still would have been police shootings and private prisons and endless wars and government pathocracy. Why? Because we the people have paved the way for this tyranny to prevail. By turning Hitler into a supervillain who single-handedly terrorized the world, no different from how some depict Trump, if historians have given Hitler's accomplices, the German government, the citizens that opted for security and order over liberty, the religious institutions that failed to speak out against the evil they were seeing, the individuals who followed orders even when it meant a death sentence for their fellow citizens, a free pass. This is how tyranny rises and freedom falls. None of us who remain silent and impassive in the face of evil, racism, extreme materialism, meanness, intolerance, cruelty, injustice, and ignorance get a free pass. Those among us who follow figureheads without question, who turn a blind eye to injustice and turn their backs on need, who march in lockstep with tyrants and bigots, who allow politics to trump principle, who give in to meanness and greed, and who fail to be outraged by the many wrongs being perpetrated in our midst, it is these individuals who must shoulder the blame when the darkness wins. Freedom demands responsibility, folks. Freedom demands that we stop thinking as Democrats and Republicans and start thinking like human beings, or at the very least, Americans. Martin Luther King Jr. dared to dream of a world in which all Americans, as he said, would be guaranteed the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. King didn't live to see that dream become a reality. It's still not a reality. We haven't dared to dream that dream in such a long time. But imagine. Imagine what this country would be like if Americans put aside their differences and dared to stand up, united for freedom. Imagine what this country would be like if Americans put aside their differences and dared to speak out with one voice against injustice. Imagine what this country would be like if Americans put aside their differences and dared to push back with the full force of our collective numbers against the evils of government despotism. As I make clear in my book, Battlefield America, The War on the American People, Tyranny Wouldn't Stand a Chance. The Rutherford Institute is doing its part to push back against the police state and make the government play by the rules of the Constitution. But we can't fight these battles alone. To join the resistance, visit our website at www.rutherford.org and check out our library of thought-provoking commentaries, legal resources, and so much more. Subscribe to our email alerts and I will send you my weekly commentary, Rutherford press alerts, and a weekly rundown of pertinent headlines and news articles to keep you apprised of the growing threats to our freedoms. And finally, if you are able, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to the Rutherford Institute by again visiting us online at www.rutherford.org or donate using PayPal. Your donation allows the Rutherford Institute to push back against the government's power grabs, corruption, and ongoing assaults on the Constitution. Together, we can make America free again.